0: Well, good morning, Better Life Church. My name is Adam. I'm the executive pastor here. And, and I'm not going to lie, it feels a little bit like homecoming. We, my family and I, we have uh, been serving faithfully in Grayson at the Grayson campus for the last two months. And I mean, we're just so excited. To be here, I want to welcome everyone that's watching online. I want to give a special shout out to the Grayson campus. Through the powers of technology, I can see you this morning. I want to hear you this morning, and uh, so uh, I hate that we can't be there with you this morning. But it is good to be here. If you have not got to be at the Grayson campus, I want to let you know more ahead that uh, the Lord is alive and well in Carter County, and He's doing great things in Grayson. And uh, it has been an honor and privilege for my family and I. to uh, serve there and uh, if you didn't know we we have hired a campus pastor in Grayson and so we are celebrating that and so over the next few months we're gonna be transitioning there and my family and I will be back here serving but we are so excited about that and about what God is doing but I get the uh, privilege of finishing up the Helm series you guys had some fun with the Helm series come on now yeah it has been a lot of fun a lot of fun and uh, Matthew Milfield, he preached last week. He did an amazing job. And, and I just want to real quickly uh, say I, I so appreciate the work that Matthew does on the uh, campus of Morehead State University. I, myself, my wife, we are personally indebted to uh, the ministry there of the Baptist uh, Collegiate Ministry. It's because uh, of that. Man, the Lord just did some amazing things in my life. And uh, it was there that I first learned really what missions were. It's it's cool that we're highlighting uh, our missionaries this month. But it's first, it was there. I, I mean, I knew that people went and did this, but uh, one summer in two thousand and one, I had the opportunity to go and serve a place called Low Country Ministries, and I got my buddy. Uh, my brother from another mother up here with me. He is here. Mr. Larry Lemming I, I got to live with him that summer and, and man Lord just did amazing things and he's here I got him attempted him to come up, you know to come up and spend some time in Kentucky We're gonna try to switch him from orange to blue He's, he's a Tennessee guy and he says no, but he's he's going to but it's so good to have him here with us um, That's awesome, but but Matthew did an amazing job, and like I said, that time in my life was just, just, just so uh, important. Um, but he talked about last week, he talked about hymn races. And when he said that, I was like, oh shoot, he did that too. Now, when he described what hymn races were, that was a little different. Now, in the church I grew up, we did hymn races as well. What we would do is we would take all the hymnals and we would make race tracks out of them. All right, and we'd raise all our cars on them. We'd make ramps and roads. And, and we even tried to, I don't know if anybody ever successfully did it, but we would make a ramp from the pew down to the floor. And I can remember like crawling under the, the pews to places where people weren't sitting and getting more pews so we could make it, you know. And uh, I was obviously paying a lot of attention in church, but that was, that was one of the things that we grew up doing. But I, I grew up on the hymns. And so I hold a, a special place in my heart for that. And isn't it, isn't it crazy how song uh, maybe you haven't heard it for years, but you hear it and it automatically transports you back to another place in time. Uh, to this day, I can be driving down the road and I hear the song Dixieland Delight. Anybody know Dixieland Delight? You know what I'm talking about, Alabama? Man, I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a country music boy through and through. I've forgotten more country music lyrics than I than I remember. But somehow, I don't know how it works, but somewhere in the recess of my brain, they just come out, right? I've not, not heard them forever but it automatically transports me back to the school bus riding home uh, from baseball games uh, in high school. I don't know why we sang that song, but we always sing that song. But it transports me back there. In the same way, I think the hymns do that for us too. Many of you, you grew up singing those. And maybe it transports you back to a a time when maybe you gave your life to Jesus. Maybe it transports you back to that, just a, a special time that the Holy Spirit did something new and fresh and relevant in your life. And so I'm gonna, I I'm going to, I might get a little trouble for this, but I'm going to, the old, old-fashioned preachers used to call this meddling. You know, Can I meddle just a little bit this morning? They, they one thing I thought about it and just preparing for this, we, we have these things called worship guides. I don't know if you know that, but they're in the seat backs here in Moorhead and Grayson. They're, they're, you may be in your seat or under your seat, but there's a nice place there to, to take some notes. And I highly encourage you to do that today. But on the bottom, there's this little tear-off card. And, you know, if you take a next step in service, you can, you can fill that out and take it to the next steps area. People, a lot of times, they'll just go straight to the next steps area. But honestly, we don't get a lot of feedback from those. But we do, from time to time, we will get someone who will write on there and tear it off and put it in offering bowl, and it'll say, can we please sing a hymn, or when are we going to sing a hymn again, right? And I love the hymns, but I, wanna, I just want to let you know this morning, the same Holy Spirit that inspired John Newton to write the hymn we're going to tackle today, which is one of the big dogs, right? The same Holy Spirit that inspired him to write amazing grace, that's what we're going to tackle today, It's the same Holy Spirit that is here with us this morning. It's the same Holy Spirit that is inspiring the authors to write the songs that we sing here a lot of times on on Sunday mornings. And so maybe, I'm not saying this definitively, but maybe the reason that you've not connected to some of the newer songs is it's been a while. Since the Holy Spirit has done something new and fresh in your life. And one of the things we talk about around here all the time is that there is a next step for you to take in your life. Whether you've been saved for a day or 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, there is a next step for you to take in your life. The Holy Spirit is still working. Jesus is still working. He has a work for you to do. And so that's just a little free bonus this morning, all right? You can take it or leave it. But that same Holy Spirit is here with us this morning. And so today, I already kind of let the cat out of the bag. Today, the hymn we're tackling is Amazing Grace. And I thought, man, that's an easy one, right? Amazing Grace, everybody knows that. Arguably the most recorded song in all of history, Amazing Grace. Whether you've been in church or never been in church, you've heard that song. And it's such a powerful, powerful song. But it was written by John Newton in the late 1700s. And as the story goes, John Newton was a sailor. And pretty much any, like, stereotype that you've heard about a sailor, right? A drunken sailor, cussed like a sailor, that epitomized who John Newton was. In fact, one source that I read said that John Newton's life as a sailor would put most other uh, sailors to shame. And uh, so anyway, this is the man who wrote this song. And he was on a ship in the middle of the ocean, and he was involved in probably one of the most atrocious, not probably, definitely the most atrocious, um, uh, professions that a man could have been involved in and he was involved in the slave trade and so one day He was on this boat that was transporting slaves back to Europe And he, and a storm came upon the sea and I don't know if you can just kind of put yourself in this mindset but I, I Can't imagine being in the in a huge storm on the ocean now, I've been on a cruise and you know that's pretty much easy easy sailing But to be in the middle of this storm But this storm didn't just last for a few days the storm, it says on the 11th day, John Newton was literally strapped to the, to the, to the helm of the ship. All right? They had long, the, the, the pumps and things that were, that were supposed to keep the water off the ship, they had long stopped working. In fact, for day after day, they were working them by hand. And on the 11th day, John Newton was so exhausted, the only thing they could do was literally strap him to the, to the helm of the ship and said, keep us on course. And it was in the midst of those circumstances that he wrote the words to this song. He met the creator of the universe in the midst of those very, very dire circumstances. Part of the ship had been ripped off by the storm. It was a wooden ship. Part of it had been ripped off. And he wrote these words. And I know we just sang this, but if you would grab your hymnal real quick, and I just want to read through these words. For me, it helps right? create, a, create a mental picture, right? You've got the middle of the picture. This guy is strapped. To the helm of the ship. The storm is raging. He it looks like there is no way that he's gonna make it. And he writes these words Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You understand why he calls himself a wretch here, right? He lived a profane life. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Verse two, 'twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieve, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Powerful, powerful words. And so the question that I really want to ask today is what is so amazing about this grace? What is so amazing about God's grace? Now when I first like I said, set out. we picked this hymn a couple months ago. I thought, man, that's, that's going to be easy. But as I've come to find out, I didn't really understand what, how amazing God's grace actually was. It's much more than what we say. And in fact, I think grace is one of those words. It's one of those church words that we use all the time, right? In fact, a lot of times we use grace and mercy in the, in the same sentence. God's grace, God's mercy, God's love, all these things. We say them, but we don't really understand what we're saying. I know I didn't. And so today my goal is really to just take you through. We're going to read through the Scripture, and we're going to see what is so amazing about God's grace. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you so much just for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, in an ever-changing world, that you are an unchanging God. We thank you that the same Holy Spirit, Lord, that inspired John Newton to write these words so long ago almost 300 years ago lord are still as relevant today as they were way back then god we thank you for your grace god help us today just in the next few moments lord to to fully understand and grasp how amazing your grace is and lord i pray today that it would set some people free i pray today lord they would encounter you lord because we know that we encounter you lord we will never never be the same Lord, we love you we praise you in jesus name we pray Amen. We're going to be reading in Ephesians chapter 2 today. We're going to read the first 10 verses, and if you remember from last week, this actually is the same passage of Scripture that Matthew preached from, or at least part of it. And so we're going to read this through in its entirety, and then we're going to kind of break it apart, and we're going to, I'm going to hopefully walk you through how just how amazing God's grace is. And listen... This is this is how I kind of roll. This is not something that I feel like I'm above you today. It's like, hey, man, did you not know this? This is more like, hey, God just showed me this, and I, and I can't, I can't wait to te- can't wait to tell you about it, right? Because this has really set me free, and so this is this is my prayer for you today. So let's read here God's word, Ephesians chapter two, starting in verse one. It says, "Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins." You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, <clears throat> note that word all, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires, and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. I'm going to stop there real quick. Sometimes this is kind of difficult to understand, but but the Bible tells us, by one man, death entered into the world. Adam, the father of us all, the first man. By his sin, death entered into the world. And so it's saying there that it infected our very nature. Because all of us come from Adam, his sin infected our very nature. So when we talk about we're born sinners, it become, has sort of become part of our DNA. But it's also equally that because of our individual sin, the Bible tells us all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. That we are, uh, one, condemned to die, but also spiritually die as well. And so that's where we pick up. But then in verse four says this But God, but God, gotta love the big buts of the Bible, right? Complete change of course. But God, rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for those who are, as shown for all that he's done for those who are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Amazing grace. What's so amazing about it? Well, I believe there's three things. I'm going to walk you through those. If you're taking notes this morning, definitely write this down. Pastor Daniel says you get extra credit in heaven for taking notes. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds pretty good. Write this down. God's grace, first one, saves you. God's grace saves you. We just read this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, for by grace you have been saved. By grace. Through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, so grace is the cause of salvation. Faith is the means. Now, real quick, uh, plug. If you weren't here two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Daniel preached an amazing message on God's creation, and he, he walked us through all these different uh, ideas and different evidences for God, the Creator. When you look at such a beautiful creation, you have to conclude that there is a Creator. In the same way, when we look at this building. And it's magnificent, it's awesome that God has blessed us with this. But when I look at it, I don't I don't think by chance the walls and the beams and the lights and the electrical and the plumbing all just came by chance. When I look at this, I say, wow, there was a there was an awesome designer, an awesome builder. In the same way, our world is so much more complex. And so if you if you miss that message. Definitely need to go check it out. Two weeks ago, my, my family and I, we were hanging out, suffering for Jesus on the beaches of Florida. You know, a nice vacation. It was amazing. So good. And, uh, uh, and just since we're talking about a little bit of throwing back, ride right, hymns and traditions, a huge tradition in my family, I will say almost without fail, uh, almost 100% of the time, Sunday mornings meant two things. We were going to church, and we were going to eat Mama's gravy and biscuits almost every Sunday morning. If I don't get an amen on anything, gravy and biscuits, come on, amen on that, right? It was awesome. And so we're there hanging out, uh, and uh, all of our family was there, my, my parents, my brother, his wife, and, and kids. And so uh, I studied more. I said, Mom, we've got to have some gravy and biscuits. So we got up, and she made gravy and biscuits for it. It was so good. And then we joined everybody online here watching this message. It was a phenomenal message. But at the end of the day, we see here right here, we are saved by grace through faith. Faith is believing in something, even though we don't have a sort of a, uh, an A to Z, ironclad evidence to believe it. And that belief is not just a head knowledge, right? It's, it's a heart knowledge. It's, it's believing in something so much that it alters the course of our life. And so we're saved by grace through faith. Now, let's take a little bit, an extra look at this word grace, because as I've already said, I believe it's something that is overused, but way underdefined. And in fact, this, the two things that I always get mixed up is grace and mercy. And so just a little quiz for you here this morning. I'm going to put two definitions up on the screen. See if you know which one is which between grace and mercy. The first one here is God not punishing us as our sins deserve. Obviously, both of these definitions are in the context of God's grace and God's mercy. The second one is God blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. Can you pick it out? Think you know? Mercy is God not punishing us, withholding that punishment. God's grace is him blessing us, despite the fact that we deserve it. Now, here's the important thing I want you to get. Both of them have nothing to do with us. Right? Have nothing to do with us. Have nothing to do with our merit. Have nothing to do with what we've done or what we haven't done. It has everything to do with God. God's grace and his mercy. So as we continue out in this message today, I want us to, we're going to keep referring back to this definition that God's grace is his blessing, his gift to us, despite the fact that we do not deserve it. And here, and I need you to understand this, none of us deserve it. None of us deserve it. From the best to the least. The Bible tells us that our righteousness is counted as filthy rags to him. We're nothing, but he's blessed us. I take comfort in the fact, this is what I found myself praying this morning. God, thank you that I get the opportunity to come up here and preach, but it's not anything that I've done, right? I don't, I don't deserve the platform. I don't deserve to do a good job at God because I'm here. Bless me so that I can effectively communicate this, this morning. Regardless of what you find yourself doing, And when you, when you frame it in that mind, man, it's a game changer. So God blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. So God's grace saves us. I believe this is the grace that John Newton was writing about. We uh, that day, that 11th day in the storm, he encountered the creator of the universe. He met him, he gave his life to him, and he wrote these words. And if that's all that God's grace was, that's pretty good, right? I believe we could we can end the message right there, we could wrap it up. But as I was preparing and I was studying through here, I believe God's grace is so much more, there's so many other facets of it. So the second thing I believe God's grace does for us is it empowers you. God's grace empowers you. As I was searching through the scripture, I came across this concept that there's this, we can receive more grace. We can get more blessing, we can receive more from God. I'm like, sign me up for that, right? Who doesn't want more of that? I want more grace. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 2 Peter three eighteen says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. So if there's this idea that we can grow in more grace, that we can get more grace, the natural question is, why do we need more grace, right? God's, God's grace saves me. Why do I need more grace? More. I believe there's two, two reasons that we need more grace. The first thing that, that God's grace empowers us to do is to face hard times. And I wish this wasn't true. But the Bible tells us that in this life, we will have trouble. Look here with me in um, Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Some of you here this morning, you're going, through a, you're going through a very difficult time. Some of you this morning, maybe you're thinking, man, when am I going to catch a break? It just seems like I can't ever get ahead, right? I, I, just, I just keep going from one problem to the next problem. Some of you here this morning, maybe you don't want to tell anybody, but maybe in your, in your deepest, darkest thoughts, when you're laying at bed at home at night by yourself, you've, you've contemplated suicide. Maybe some of you this morning, you, you're, you're, you're ready to run out on your family and just leave it all behind. You say, man, it's got to be easier. if I'm Maybe if I'm just by myself, I'm bringing everybody else down. Maybe that's what you're thinking this morning. Maybe you're just, you're just ready to give it all up. Listen, God's grace is there to help you through these difficult times. Many of you are familiar with Paul uh, when it comes to rating Christians, you know, the best, <laughs> the best Christian ever, right? He did more for the advancement of the gospel than any of us can ever even imagine. God used him to basically start, we've been highlighting our missionaries, to start the entire missionary movement. He wrote, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? The Holy Spirit through him. It don't get any better than Paul, but we, we see in Second Corinthians where he's praying, God, please remove this thorn from my flesh. Now, this isn't a physical thorn from his flesh, but it's something that just continues to trip Paul up. And if there was ever any person who deserved for God to answer his prayer, it was Paul. But we find in that scripture there that God's response to, to Paul's time of need there is my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. So God's, God's grace, it empowers us to face hard times. It also empowers us to do good works, to do good works. Look here with me in Ephesians 2, 9 through 10. We just read this, but it says salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done so none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago some of you here this morning you need to know this God has a plan and a purpose for your life if you're still breathing here this morning God still has a plan for you he wants to use you and he planned out this long ago it's not something he just came up with today He has a plan for your life. He's had a plan for your life, and he wants you to join him. Now we don't do good works to be saved. We do good works because we've been saved. Because of his grace, he gives us the power to go and do good works. How many of you know that being saved, being Christian is not just about ourselves? right? We literally, guys, we have the hope of the world within us. He doesn't want us to keep that to ourselves. You go to a good restaurant, You want to tell everybody about it. You see a good movie, you want to tell everybody about it. Listen, he wants us to to share the hope of the world with everyone that we meet. We don't do it to earn his favor. We do it because we have his favor. So God's grace saves us. It empowers us to face hard times. It empowers us to do good works. And then lastly, And I think for many of us here today, this could be the game changer. It secures us. God's grace secures you. Ephesians 2, 6 through 7 says this, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all he has done, for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Now, I'm a math guy. I don't know a whole lot about language arts, but one thing I do know is ED means past tense, right? We all agree on that, ED means past tense. So we look here real quick, look back at verse six. For he raised us, ED, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms. He raised and seated us, that's past tense. When we are saved, God doesn't just forgive us of our past sins. He doesn't just forgive us of our present sins. He forgives us of all of our sins. And listen, guys, I know for some of you, you're saying, well, that's not fair. It's not fair. It's called grace. That's God's grace. Grace is his blessing, the blessing of salvation in spite of the fact that we deserve it. We don't deserve it. We deserve death. We deserve hell because of our sin, but because of God's grace, he has extended the opportunity of salvation. And it's a salvation that is secure. A few years ago, we, we, we kind of toyed around with this class that we were uh, trying to get off the ground here, and it's kind of a running joke in our staff now. We call it the class whose name shall not be named, but um, it's just one of those things. But there's a lot of things about it. We decided not, not to continue with it. But there was one part that I thought was awesome. And we started the class by asking this question. We said, today, right now, if you were to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, one meaning I have no earthly idea, 10 being I know like I know my name. If you were to rate your scale yourself on a scale from one to 10 of how assured you are of your salvation, that if you were to die today, that you would wake up in the presence of Jesus. If you were to rate yourself on that scale, where would you put yourself? I'm going to ask you that same question this morning. Is it a five? An eight? A one? Zero? Listen, I don't know where you find yourself this morning, but I want you to know, through God's grace, not by your merit, not because of anything that you've done, you don't have to walk out of here with anything less than a 10. You can have that assurance To know that I am a child of the King. For some of you here this morning, listen, I've been there. As a teenager, I probably prayed the salvation like a hundred times. I mean, over and over and over. I was so scared that I was going to die and I was going to go to hell. I was so scared. But when I finally understood God's grace, that it secures me. I was finally free to move on. Now, I'm not saying I ever forget my salvation. We're not supposed to forget what Jesus done for us, but he has good works for us to do. He wants us to move past it in the sense that we have to understand that we are secure, that we are saved, and so that we can go out and share that with the rest of the world. And so if you're here this morning, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret about that. You can know, like you know your name, that you're a child of the King. This morning, we've learned that God's grace saves us. God's grace empowers us and God's grace secures us. I'm gonna ask you if you would to bow your head. Now, regardless of where you find yourself this morning, this is one thing I believe, I know, you have a next step to take. Maybe you came in this morning and you're just, just kind of checking this God thing out. You know, someone invited you, someone has been just nagging at you all summer long to come and check this thing out. Listen, if you're here this morning, you're trying to just trying to figure out, you know, I don't really know if I believe in this God that created everything, that spun everything into existence, that loves me, that wants a relationship with me. Listen, we're, we're so glad that you're here. You keep coming, you keep checking this out. We're so glad that you're watching online. I want you to know that this morning, regardless of where you find yourself, you have an opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The life that he has for us to live, it's the name of our church, it's a better life. It's not an easy life. It's not a life that's absent of pain. It's not a life that's absent of trouble. But it's a life that's better because we have a hope. Are you hopeless this morning? Are you going through a difficult time? Have you tried everything else that you know to try and you just can't, you just can't get a break? You just can't seem to come up out of it? Maybe you're here this morning and you think you're saved. You think you're doing the right things put some money in the offering plate, you read your Bible from time to time, you pray before you eat, you come to church every once in a while. I think I'm doing the right things. Listen, if that's you this morning or anywhere in between, I want to extend this an opportunity today. You can nail this down. You do not have to be, you don't have to hope that everything is okay. You can know. In if that's you here this morning, I just want you to right where you are, I want you to repeat this prayer for me. Now prayer doesn't save you, but your your lips can declare what your heart believes. I just want you to cry out to God right where you are. God, I've blown it. I've messed up. I've tried everything that I know to try to make myself happy, to live a fulfilling life, but still there's something missing. And God, today I declare. Lord, that you are the Lord. I don't even understand what that means, but God, today, would you come into my life? Would you help me to take next steps to follow you one after the other as best as I know how? Would you bring people around me to help me follow you? God, thank you for living and dying in my place. Lord, for taking my punishment. I don't have to die spiritually, Lord, but I can spend eternity with you forever. If that's you this morning, listen, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. No one else is gonna come to you, but I wanna know that today you nailed it down. Today, maybe you moved from a one all the way to a 10. Maybe you moved from a zero. Maybe you just moved from an eight to a 10. You just know it. If that's you today, would you please just slip your hand up? I wanna know. I wanna pray for you. I wanna know that today you have met The creator of the universe. Anybody? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Maybe here this morning and you're going through a difficult time. You're a Christian. You know that you're a Christian. You know all the right things, but you're just going through some time. You're just going through some stuff that you just can't seem to get out of. Listen, I want you to know We have a a place called the Next Steps area. We've got some team members in there. Man, they would want nothing more than just to talk with you. They'd love to pray for you, pray over you. The Bible tells us that we can shoulder one another's burdens. And for whatever reason, you've just been been so apprehensive to share with anyone what you're going through. Listen, uh, once you reveal something, a lie once revealed has no power over you. I would encourage you today, make a beeline for the Next Steps area. Go in there and find one of our team members they would love just to pray for you. And maybe you're here and you say, man, today I nailed it down. I moved from an eight to a 10. I moved from a five to 10. I'm ready to do those good works you're talking about. I'm ready to see what's next for me. I would encourage you to go and check out something we've got called Life Track. Life track is a series of of four steps you're going to go through. You're going to learn more about our church. You're going to learn how you can grow in in grace and grow in knowledge and just grow in your faith. We're also going to help you discover how God has gifted you, how God has wired you, and help you begin to see some opportunities to do some of those good works that he has planned and prepared for you long ago. Go check that out, Life Track. Maybe for others of you today, listen, we're getting ready to go out and celebrate baptism. And maybe you just never done that. Listen, baptism is your first step of obedience after salvation. And it's you just simply declaring to the world, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. If that's you here today, maybe you were one of those that just raised your hand. Listen, we got shorts, we got t-shirts, we got stuff for you to fix your hair back up. We got everything. Go, business in the next steps area. We'll, we'll take it from there. Guys, we're so excited about what God is doing here. It's been a great series. Let me pray for you, and we'll be dismissed. God, we we love you. God, we thank you. God, you are so faithful to us, even when we are so faithless. God, I thank you for meeting us here, sending your Holy Spirit, and Lord, that you have moved in your people. Today, God, I thank you for those that just raised their hand, that have encountered you, maybe for the very first time in their life. God, I pray for, for people just to come around them and support them and, and lift them up and help them in this new way of life. Lord, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start calling Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you'd like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.